Hello and welcome to this episode of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Lee Carlo, joined by Chapin Hemingway and Jeremy Fisk. As always, we've got a very special episode today. As is our custom, we are going to be taking a look back 20 years ago at the Best Picture winner of 2003, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. But, because that was the finale of an extraordinarily successful trilogy, we are also going to be discussing the entry film, Fellowship of the Ring, and The Two Towers along with it. The now, entire Lord of the Rings series. The trilogy, you might say. Shut the fuck up, guest. People don't even know you're here <laughs> yet. God. And Tyson's. Uh, so, we felt like we needed to bring in... Um, Some expert help. An, an expert to help us with this. Someone or, that, as they're known, nerd. Yeah. Someone, yeah, nerd. someone that, that knew, knew this material better than anybody. And then Chapin sent me a list of of possible candidates and <laughs> what a, imagine imagine my shock when i saw this dimwit tyson balcom on the list the very top we of the list sure, i imagine we weren't sure he could even read but alas he has read all of the lord of the rings books and seen all of the movies as well multiple as their times. extended I think, cuts. I think he owns multiple, multiple editions. I own multiple now, editions. I do indeed. Now, Tyson, as the expert, yeah. um, the, expert. the books were were written after the movie. They're based on the movie, <laughs> Yeah, correct? exactly. Is that exactly. right? I think it was like uh, two years after the first one, and then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it was there. a little bit of like a Game of Thrones thing where there was a little overlap, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Um, so, Okay. So, Tyson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having hey, me, Lee. boys. I, I thought yep. you might want to just clarify, since we are so close to the Fixies, that you, of course, mean the 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 Return of the King won the Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Yeah, that's not true. Fixie. The Academy Awards. Now, we were not the the Fixies had not yet started in two thousand three. Alas, we will you know perhaps discuss over the course of this <laughs> year what may have won the Fixie back then. But um, yes, well, we're we know four, we know what would have won. Well, you th- you th- we'll get to that in another time. But um, top guys, it's great it's great to have you on the pod. I know this is not your first rodeo, but it's been a long time, a very long time um, indeed. Yes, it has. Uh, years and years ago, you used to uh, make some appearances on the pod. I think you even joined us for um, some fixie episodes, some best of the year episodes. I think um, so in our in our early early days. Yep. Um, so welcome back. We're glad to have your expertise here. Um, I'm going to get started pretty simply, guys, because I actually don't really know the answers to either one of these questions. Um, but I'd like us to just kind of go around the horn, and I'd like to know what each of your favorite of this trilogy is and your least favorite. And, and then we're going to go from there. So, uh, Tyson, you're our guest. Why don't we start with you? And am I allowed to give an explanation for why it's my favorite or just answer uh, the question? If you want up? a little quick thing, yeah, actually, just start with your favorites because okay. then I, I kind of want to see where we're all at just, because and, it might be interesting to go from there. a tiny bit softer. Okay. Um, I would say that my most favorite, um, just by a hair, is The Fellowship of the Ring. And I would say that my least favorite, by a margin, I would say, is Return of the King. Okay. Jeremy? I I actually would switch that. Okay. So, Return of the King is your favorite. Fellowship is your least favorite. Yep. And Chapin? 
It used to be what Tyson just said, but I think my favorite now is the Two Towers, and my least favorite is Return of the King. Wow! So this is this is great. My favorite, as it always has been, is the Fellowship of the Ring, and my least favorite, which it always has been, is the Two Towers. Wow! Okay, so all, um, that's fun. So we are all over I the like place. That. So that's great. That's exactly as I had hoped it would go. So let's start with Fellowship of the Ring, guys. Um, who's? It was my favorite. Whose was it? Least favorite, Jeremy. Yeah. It's your least favorite? Mm-hmm. Tell us why. Yeah, defend yourself. Um, well, I think part of it has to do with my how familiar I was with it in comparison to the other two. Okay. I must have seen that one the most times back in the day because when I rewatched these, it was definitely the one I remembered the most. Well, you and probably I, always I, plan to rewatch the whole trilogy and you just get through the first one. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like you're fucking exhausted by the time you get through the first one. <laughs> and I think that had was partly why it was and by saying my least favorite i i think they're like you know we're, we're splitting hairs a little bit here i don't think any of them are terrible or any of them are uh great um but yeah i think it's just i think because it's the i i wanted this i wanted to get on with the story i guess by the time i ended that i wanted to see what was next i i understood that part and i didn't think it was that engaging or exciting and i wanted to see where it went okay so i think um, my feelings towards it are that like this fellowship is like the most engaged you are with the characters in this story Mm -hmm. i think and you Mm -hmm. like and i think the characters are so well drawn and for the most part you know 90 percent of the performances are are great and you really really bond with them and you really appreciate their all of their bonds and i think that is what's so great to watch you see their weaknesses you see their flaws you see all of these things throughout that 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 first 3 hours of this story and i i just have always connected so much with the characters in this first story and you know the action sequences and set pieces are great um they they increase in scale with each movie but i don't know that they necessarily always get better um but for me, like the 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 fellowship is what's so engaging and what I love so much about this whole story, and it is so prevalent in that first one. Um, should we talk a little bit about um, the production of these real quick to just give a little context to our audience? Sure, we sure can. Is that okay? Um, yeah. So this the the Lord Wait, of the Jay, Rings Jay, trilogy. I'm was... sorry to interrupt. Before you do that, can I? I just love to piggyback off of what Lisa. Unless we're going to come yeah, back. Sure. Um, no, no. Go ahead. I, I totally agree with what you said, Lebo. The, um, I think part of what I like the most about this is it's so foundational. You and it, it, it within the context of all three movies, it's it, Fellowship is the only one where you're kind of you're with your characters the entirety of the time. It's before they start telling concurrent storylines yeah. and they're bouncing around a lot. And even in the best of movies, I feel like sometimes that can take you out of it. But this first movie you meet all your characters you establish these relationships that if they don't land in this first chapter they're not gonna you it won't hold your interest for the rest of these movies they're too long they're asking too much of you and if those relationships you know like the Frodo and Sam one is a good example because it's you know pivotal to the culmination of the story two movies later if you if they don't sell that in this first movie if you, the establishment of the fellowship doesn't work, then 
It's yeah, not because gonna... in movie in like Return of the King, you go like. 20, 30 minutes totally. or so without yep. even seeing Frodo and Sam. Totally. And so but you still can come back to them and care about it. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think that's a very adept point you made about the set pieces. I, you know, these movies are so grand and they're incredible. And I hope we have time to talk about all of that and what went into making sure that, you know, it, they gave that story the reverence and the detail that it deserved. But I think that the best of the set pieces are the more simple ones and you know, I, I, a Minds of Moria scene in, in Fellowship of the Ring lands for me a lot more. It's a similar type of action than the Battle of Pelennor Fields in Return of the King. You know, it's just it, it, something about it. It feels more immediate. Nerd. <laughs> it feels more immediate, you know. So anyway, go ahead. Chip. All right. Chapin, dig into. Yeah, I'm going to do this really quickly. So, yeah, these movies were all made back to back. There was a big. Um, Investment in a pretty, I mean, Peter Jackson was kind of known, but his the movie he had made before this was The Frighteners, which made less than $30 million worldwide. So to trust them with a $300 million production, kind of a big deal, all made in New Zealand with his sort of like ragtag crew of um, misfits down there, uh, the Kiwis. Um and was there any overlap in making these three movies or did he he made one then made the other then made the other no all? they no, shot they them all at the same time all at the same time no, yeah well I, no i know but like did he shoot did he shoot the whole of uh oh, i don't think fellowship of the ring no, no. and then shoot nope. the whole of the return nope. of the king no actually in fact that's an interesting point that you bring that up so there was one big large production um, it was like of like i I think it was like October 99 to like December 2000. It was like 13 mo- 14 months or something. Yeah, the better like more than a year. And then they Which would, is kind kind of fast. Yeah. Honestly, for all the stuff they did, yeah. Yeah. And and then they <clears throat> I think once the first movie proved to be a big success, they would come back and do pickups on each move, subsequent movie. And the pickups period afterwards. was pretty long. I think they did that from like they did. They started doing pickups in sections in 2001 all the way through, uh, you know, like uh, right up until the release of Return of the King. Right, but they had shot the other movies already. So what yeah. were they going to do if the first one wasn't a success? Not just release them. I as mean, is? I think they. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. And it, what's interesting? So New Line was produced these too. This is not like Universal or Paramount or Warner Brothers or something like. Well, it is Warner Brothers. Yeah. Well, it is. Is it is it is now? But no, it wasn't New always. Line, New Line was owned by Warner Brothers. Even then? Yeah, yeah. well, and there was really? a bunch yeah. of rights issues with... I mean, it's really... I mean, if you're interested in such things, to hear about the development of this movie prior to the, like, true pre-production and trying to secure the rights and Miramax's involvement is pretty cool. I mean, it's a... Yeah, Harvey Weinstein was involved. Yeah, and I mean, it's they, such he, a big yeah. property, you know? I You can imagine how... Um. <clears throat> anyway, so... Uh, Yes, so they made them all subsequently all back to back, and then um, uh, with the team of Peter Jackson and his wife and their neighbor, I believe, right? Is that correct, Philippa Tyson? Boyens, who, yes, Philip Boyens and yep. Fran Walsh and Peter Jackson wrote the film, and yeah, they made it all over New Zealand and kind of reinvigorated, or rather, kicked off the New Zealand film industry, which is now, you know, a pretty formidable filmmaking community in the world um roughly 300 million dollar budget which is what now what one hobbit movie costs so that's interesting um and yeah i mean 
um, there was like like Tyson referenced, there was a lot of start and stops, and so they had a lot of time in pre-production to sort of develop the art, uh, artistic, uh, conceptual art. Um, and I think we'll get more into that, but I think, uh, yeah, this, I mean, I think a really big gamble. I mean, it, yes, you're right, Lee, that it's, it, it's, it's new line, but, and, and we, they did have the backing of Warner brothers, but it's still a huge gamble. I mean, like this yeah. sort of filmmaker who's not particularly well known and didn't have a huge budget like this somehow got the rights to this, I mean, enormous book series. Like and the it, books not only is huge, it a huge right? gamble, it's a huge undertaking. It's like, oh yeah, it, I mean, it's both at the same time. Like the and the way and we hadn't really seen this yet. Like we right. kind of see this sort of thing a lot now, whether it's Marvel or just like book adaptations in general. You know, the Hunger Games, and like obviously those are different. A few different filmmakers on some of those, and but like the to to basically say like we're going to make all three of these movies all three of these books into movies, one director, one production. I don't know that that had ever been done. It's definitely not to this scale, but I don't no, know. No, and I mean, like Chapin said, he had this army of Kiwi filmmakers and like film. Well, he uh, bred them. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. In the fires of Mount Doom. Oh, actually yeah. at Eisenhower, um, but. And those people, you know, art director rise. <laughs> yeah, literally. And he, you know, those people were involved, like, the pre-production on these movies was, like, three years. I mean, and... So, if, the, you're, uh, if you're the art director on this thing, you're basically almost working a decade from start to finish. Totally. Dude, and I'm telling you, oh, yeah. I am not into behind-the-scenes features on movies at all. Not on any movie, even though I love so many movies. And I have watched every drop. <laughs> even of, though you've, you've made well, a couple the, movies. The, yeah. the, the featurettes on, on uh, even, like, the... I have the Blu-rays and the regular DVDs yeah. of all three Lord of the Rings, and the special features are really good. The behind They're the scenes, fantastic. Like, They're movies to watch really, really unto good. themselves. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you see that he he really encouraged the participation. You know, there was this during the making of this. They, they had this big red stamp that he would carry around with him that said PJ approved. That he where he would put you know his final seal of approval on any one aspect and he wanted his fingers involved in every aspect of these movies but the art department's so annoyed they're like we just made this exactly knows the pj exactly. stamp in the middle of it but he also <laughs> that was like, the only one fuck he really encouraged the involvement of all of those people to come and participate yeah. like i was reading earlier today because i wanted to I, I wanted to say something about the music in these movies and he had howard shore like come to New Zealand and he was there as they were building sets and he was having them like tour these spaces to try and define, you know, it was just like every aspect of it, all the previs, all of the, which is weird because the score isn't very memorable. <laughs> I'm obviously kidding. Um, yes, you're totally right. And I think the interesting thing about this film and to, to understand how complex it is, well, one, you can look at the extended versions, which we did, this, the sort of month we've been discussing doing this episode with Tyson, we were trying for a little bit. We were discussing whether to do the extended versions, which I believe I've seen. Although I, I, I know that I've seen the first two movies. I can't, I can't say that I remember watching a four and a half hour version. Tyson, yeah, I don't think Tyson I do you do you feel like you could talk? Yeah. To well, the here's the thing. Like he definitely can't. But I, but I want to just finish my point real quick. The, so at one point, to Tyson's point about collaboration, there were like eight Dude, it was units fucking shooting crazy. on and this movie, and and they they'd have like 
they'd have like the producer directing one of them and another one and like you know they'd be out like getting shots of the you know the riders out in the middle of the fields and like you know peter jackson would have the little like little you know video Somewhat village participating yeah. like yeah. you know sent footage of there but like i mean I'm, i mean you know i don't know jeremy you tell me how many units have you ever worked on before you've worked on some big ass movies i've worked on some big movies and i think the most is maybe a third unit and that was like a small third unit like i've worked on big movies where the second unit is pretty much a lot the the whole shooting schedule with the first unit they're out out doing helicopter stuff and chases and and stuff like that who's helming those units those other units it it depends sometimes like producers like here here's what i've noticed like if it's if it's a second unit on a movie that doesn't have much second unit work, producers like to be like, I'll take sure, this yeah, and I'll direct yeah. this. But if it's like a second unit that has a lot, um, a, lot a lot of times it's the, uh, like one of them I worked on, it was the stunt coordinator. Yeah, really? The, the yeah. second unit director yeah, yeah, is the stunt sure. coordinator. Yeah. And on, so. on, um, on The Hobbit, it was... Um, it was Gollum. It was um, Andy Serkis. Uh, Andy yeah, Serkis. Andy Serkis. Well, yeah, on this movie, you know, his own right. they they develop such an incredible amount of trust amongst the like real it, the council of these movies. Peter Jackson, the producers, and so like by the third one, Barry Osborne, who's one of the main producers, Andrew Lesney, who was the cinematographer, they all were like, it wasn't just like B roll and cover. You know, they were like really involved in. Because yeah, they just like were a almost, second movie. They were yeah. shooting you like almost five movies have at once. To. Yeah, you nuts. have to do that. Well, especially to shoot scale. all three of these in thirteen months. Is, yeah, it's is crazy. Insane. Just crazy. But Jeremy, um, to answer your question, I think I I can definitely tell the difference now, having seen. I haven't watched the non-extended versions in years because it's like um I, I don't know if you guys have seen the Netflix extended the four chapter of Hateful Eight, but now that I've seen that one, I can't go watch the other one because there's enough in that that I I want those right. parts to be a part of the story, and I totally feel that way about Lord of the Rings. And I so, know later we're gonna have an argument about pacing, but so save save some of that because I okay. think like when we dig in a little bit more into each movie specifically, I um I I want to hear you know maybe what should have been in or what, you know, and we can maybe even argue like if something was needed. Um, Chapin, your thoughts on your, your kind of basic thoughts on fellowship. Where is it? Where is it on your rankings? Say it's two. Okay. It's, it's, it, it, it's a toss up. It used to be, it sort of oscillates between, um, uh, fellowship and two towers. I, 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 th- I think, uh, return of the King is, is kind of a mess. Although I enjoyed it the most. What's interesting about that is I think, um, well, you I was kind of complaining that it was a, fellowship was a slog <laughs> yeah it, it did is. feel that it's, way it's very it felt it was a little bit of a slog and slow and um, beautiful and and uh but but um what's interesting is that I, I didn't really like these movies when i first saw them until i saw return of the king Idiot. um tyson Idiot. i think you and i saw it at lloyd cinemas together we did indeed um and then i i got on board but but i think i i, I think that movie is the worst by far um, but I enjoyed it the most that I've ever seen it on this rewatch. So um, I think they're all good movies. Obviously, um, I, I really love the Two Towers. I, I I think that movie is probably the most. I think the Helm's Deep fight uh, battle is probably the best in the entire um, entire series. And I I just think like the Return of the King kind of just jumps the sh- shark in terms of saccharine 
sort of emotional stuff and it, it to me it's like it's it is this sort of focusing uh it's sort of the epitome of what i think jackson philip boyens and friend walsh do the worst in these movies and what they've taken this and and to me um they just sort of like double down on what they do wrong in this movie in, in a series where they do an incredible amount of stuff right yeah uh the 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 return of the king is just full of sort of all the stuff they do wrong um so two towers is my least favorite um and it kind of always has been i think you hate second acts i so i you this time do around hate second acts you really do so what are we basing this on? I'm curious. This sounds very. This sounds like a valid thing. Just finish your point. Come on, go on, love. So, okay, so you're just. You guys are just full of shit. They just um, want to let you know they knew it was the second act. That's um, true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yo, when Chapin watched him out of water, he was <laughs> he was mixed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two Towers just to me has some extraneous stuff. In, just in terms of, I guess extraneous is not the right word because I recognize how it's important. Like a lot of the Gondor storylines, um, you know, uh, Boromir's brother Faramir, his storyline, I don't, I don't really like. I think it's some of the, um, you know, more poorly executed stuff in the series. I also really don't like the Treebeard storyline, and there's both mm. that aspect and then in Return of the King. Um, you know, the ghosts, I think, are sort of like odd cop-outs. Like, when you have an army of trees attack Isengard, obviously you're going to win. When you have an unlimited army of, of ghosts, ghosts you're obviously new, going to yeah. win. Like, I just feel like those are, like, y- you stack the odds so much against your heroes, and then you bring in these, yeah. <laughs> like, aces up your sleeve. It just seems like a little cheap. But, um, you know, stuff like that in in the Two Towers has always sort of bothered me. I did like it a lot more this time around. Obviously you get your first real dose of Andy Serkis's Gollum. And that is a huge standout in this series. Yeah. Um, so, so that's great. But I, I do feel like, you know, where you guys are talking a little bit about how fellowship may have dragged a little bit. I didn't feel that way at all until the two towers where I feel like the story is getting stuck a little bit, like where you're wanting everything to move on. You're get you're, it's kind of spinning its wheels for, you know, some extended periods of time. Yeah. See, well, like that's how I used to feel about the two towers. Uh, and it was by far my least favorite, but this time around, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was the Gollum storyline that, that engaged me the most, but I was also surprised. Like I remember hating the whole tree thing yeah. before. I mean, it's kind of weird to, to say something in a, in, in a fantasy movie is too fantastical. Right, right, and yeah. takes and takes you out of it. But it I is. felt I felt that way. Well, the, there is like the an first odd time. Yeah, to yeah. I I saw yeah. that, but it didn't bother me nearly as much this time around. Yeah, I mean it's a tough sell. I, I was that, surprised by but, the two towers. Yeah, I well see, I I love that movie. It, it, it has always been right there, like almost my favorite of them. Uh, I agree with you, Lee, that they are trying. You know, they're trying to introduce a lot, and then the like the the uh, Rohan stuff that you were talking or the Gondor stuff that you're talking about with Faramir and uh, a lot of the, you know, there's, oh, there's the, also the Rohan and the, and Aowen the, and I like that. I like the Rohan stuff a little better. I mean, the Aowen character, I can't stand. Yeah. Well, um, that, it's so, and maybe you can talk about a little bit about that <laughs> with the, with the, um, 
extended versions, but it's just such an underdeveloped character in the theatrical cuts. Totally. Like, and, and it's so it's so thin. Both and of actually, those a lot characters of the Rohan, are. A lot of the Rohan stuff is really thinned out. Yeah. And both of those characters, the Eowyn and the Faramir characters are, and they actually have like a converging storyline in the books. And there's one scene on the on an extended uh, it, it's an extended or added scene in Return of the King, the Houses of the Healing, where Faramir is like recovering from being wounded and he's there and he meets Eowyn and um, I can't tell if he's laughing at me or not. I'm I laughing he... at Chapin for <laughs> giving him a nod like he knew what you were yeah. talking about. Anyway, um, a lot of that stuff, you know, they, the, and that the, the, ex- the extended scene is the give back to the fans who really, you know, because somebody's always going to be chapped that you left something out. And like I said, at some point, I'm sure we'll have a pacing conversation. I think it's a real challenge to find the balance between the two. I will I will admit that those movies are slow. I just think in The Two Towers, what they get right, they get so right. The, I think it's the best of the dynamic between Frodo, Sam, and Gollum because Gollum is still... there. Everybody's still really on edge. There's a, The, the yeah, interplay between true. them is really fun. Uh, Helm's Deep is incredible. The, your heroes are like the odds are so stacked against them, and it's like a survive until morning battle as opposed to the battle in Return of the King. Like you said, it's just nonsense. It's like, well, we've got we've got trees that can fucking obliterate one army. We've got ghosts that can just green wave over an entire city, and then that problem's gone. And, yeah, you know, Helm's Deep is epic, and it's dark, and it's rainy, and it's gritty, and you really think your Helm's heroes are great. screwed and so and I, I also think you're right that the dynamic between Sam Frodo and Gollum in Two Towers is is great, especially because if anything, you could I don't know if this is necessarily true, but you could argue that throughout Return of the King, you, it starts getting repetitive. I mean, yeah. If you think about how long these movies are, like you're sort of just like going over the same thing. OK, Sam doesn't trust Gollum. We yeah, get it. Totally. And we have how many scenes of that do we have? Yeah. Um. And you could probably I mean, have, have you hacked seen a bunch of Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. How can you trust yeah. him? Now, Jeremy, Return of the King was your favorite, right? I mean, I enjoyed it the most this time around. I agree okay. with ev- the it's point you guys movie. made, but like I like I really having, like it. Having I, rewatched I don't, I these, don't I don't really agree I, with Chapin, but I was surprised A, how much I liked the Two Towers, and really surprised um how much I enjoyed uh Return of the King. And I think one of the reasons is because of all that stuff we just talked about, like we already established all these relationships. We didn't, you know, we, now it was just sort of the, let's watch him finalize this journey. Like, you know, the end with, with Sam and Frodo, like, yes, if you hadn't built up to that point, like it wouldn't be that emotional when Mm -hmm. you realize what they have to do. Really well earned. Yeah. it's, It's, it's well earned. So, I don't know. I think. Well, and I they're very you, cathartic moments for the viewer too, right? I mean, you've you've right. gone and I on think this like that, nine hour journey and that last battle. I mean, I maybe it's the filmmaking wasn't great there, but essentially how I read it was like it's a suicide mission. Sure, yeah. Like they I know that that, yeah. that it's a suicide they're mission. They're trying to buy time. Yeah. They're buying time, and maybe that ring can fall into the. So uh, even though it was kind of. All over the place. And that battle, Jeremy, the one that you're talking yeah. about where they actually go to the gates of Mordor, I think that yeah. one is, vi- it's it's impressively emotionally they resonant. They get there really fast. 
Yeah, yeah, they do get there very fast. It was, yeah. it was a little like uh, Game of Thrones season eight type yeah, of like right. how fast Everyone they travel across right. the world. Some, suddenly move <laughs> yeah, like it's they, like, well, this took three yeah, seasons. Yeah, a jump. <laughs> but yeah. I think that that battle where where um, Aragorn leads that charge just to buy time, to draw attention away and buy Frodo and Sam this little bit of time, it's very emotionally resonant for a huge scrum with all of these characters after you've just witnessed this battle at Gondor, you know, I mean, it's, I, th- I think I, it still lands well. So I think the biggest strength of Return of the King is how every mo- every moment, which is like essentially every climax of the story, is earned totally. throughout this series. Like and I, so, it earns every emotional moment, every every action sequence feels appropriate. Like I think that's the the highlight of that that third movie. Yeah, and I think uh-huh. every one of those endings lands and can stand <laughs> so on its own let's save, I know there's, let's okay. save that okay, okay, okay. no no let's save that because i want to i want guys i want to i do want to get back to that because so it's important moldy. like hey, just, i said just, i'm going to save it save it all right. <laughs> all right so i think the best way to get into kind of all like the nitty-gritty aspects of this movie is kind of to go around the same the same way and ask you guys what your favorite thing and your least favorite thing about these movies are now whether that's you could say it's the music, the cinematography, the the acting, whatever comes to mind. Your favorite and your least favorite, Tyson. Well, this is very hard because I I I, I want to say acting because it's what carries me through this whole process. But I think my favorite thing is the production design, the the, the production value, the attention to detail to make this world so believable. I mean, it's in it. it and that's why, like I said, I, I can geek out so much on these behind the scenes featurettes that they have, these big documentaries that they made, because you see, there were so many incredible craftspeople involved in making these movies work. And I'm not just talking about the costume designer or the production designer. I'm talking about the individual like blacksmiths and, you know, all the people that worked at Weta. There were so many people involved to make this vision that is it's such a hard sell. And if you don't get it right, it, you know, I, I think that's the right. Answer. And let's actually, let's save you, the, your least favorite for now okay. and go around. I, I, I agree. I think that's the right answer. Honestly, like it's, I remember leaving, I remember leaving the theater after return of the King and, you know, to your point, Chapin, like all of its endings, which again, we'll discuss. And I had the same reaction after watching return of the Kings this time where I'm just like, I am in awe of this production totally like what what an achievement and i think that comes down to the stuff you're talking about like there's so many things i like the music the cinematography and all these movies is beautiful the uh, it did win a cinematography oscar i think for yeah. fellowship yeah <laughs> it didn't even get not it, it's yeah. so screwed up how they did it, it didn't I get know. nominated for cinematography for return of the king it obviously like won all the it swept I think eleven for eleven or thirteen for thirteen. Yeah, the technical awards; these movies just walked it. They, it was yeah. nuts. But the way it's like, oh, we already gave it the cinematography, yeah. so we're not going to nominate yeah. it for Return of the King, which might be the best looking one. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, all those things can factor into that. I mean, the, how good the the um, CGI is in these movies is amazing, Chapin. But for the time. You, for 2003, I think, I think, it I, looks I have, really well. It stands up. It does. I think there are some amazing CG, and I think there are little moments of like Peter Jackson being like, "Hey, let's go back to like bad taste days and throw someone in front of a green screen," and it, it just looks so. There is some weird stuff. There's and, one that have always noticed at at Rivendell when the hobbits run past, 
Lord Elrond. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Yep. You can see his eye line makes no sense to where the yeah. people are. And like, so there's yeah. stuff like that. That's a little, I think it's like you, you but, cut to them like on the, I mean, and they're doing a lot. It's like Miranda Otto and, um, uh, what's the yeah, guy? Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. Dominic yeah. Monaghan. And they're like on a horse and there's a green screen and it's it looks like, weird. Yeah. Yeah. It looks bad. But yes, I mean, like, and then you look to it and you're, you're like, this stuff holds up today. Yeah. Like it the really Balrog does. in it, the first it's crazy, one. Yeah. Um, the Balrog it, is some incredible. Of that stuff, the Balrog's incredible. I mean, there's just like such good stuff in it, but there's just some other stuff that's just like really bad. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and, 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 and I mean, you know, like, I think that's going to happen. Um, I mean, some of it too. And it's interesting because we talk, and I'm sure he like, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I imagine he, you know, took some notes from previous movies and we talked about how successful Jurassic Park was because you know it was dark and it was raining the Balrog isn't like dark caves mm-hmm. and then you have like the the cave Helm's troll deep. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah the Helm's Deep looks great but then the cave troll where you get these like close ups with good lighting in the the mines looks kind of janky like yeah. and so so that makes sense but back to the point Tyson I'm with you I think just the production design production yeah. value in Love general it. I think is the best part of these movies Jeremy yeah. I mean it's hard to disagree with that really i mean it's really the world building and never having seen anything quite like it before um and since then of course and i do want to get into like how certain other things have have altered your perception of this movie in particular stuff like game of thrones um yeah that that's happened since like does it take anything away i mean for me it does a little bit but i mean yeah the most impressive thing is is by far the world building that peter jackson created and to have a singular sort of i i I guess i'll I'll emphasize that a singular world building concept from one person well i think that makes a huge difference too because like you think about i I was i don't know that they're the the most comparable things but the Harry Potter movies, you know, are, are equally as famous in big books and the movies have been hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is uh, one, two, th- I think four different directors. Yeah. Right. That and did they those. look and, and, and you like, can they tell. look very different. You can you know, tell. Yeah. The, the first two movies look nothing like the yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban, which Alfonso Alfonso Cuaron did. And then, you know, the rest of the like um David Yates, I think, did and Mike Newell and yeah. and Mike Newell did one, yeah, and they kind of. I think took, Mike Newell did four, and David Yates did the rest. Did but, the rest, yeah, and um, they and they really feel it. The, the the jump from Columbus to Cuaron to Newell, that one, two, three movies in a row, it's like yeah. Yates sort of picked up on like the dark themes and aesthetic, yeah, but the the Columbus to Cuaron jump is is the most noticeable one, and like oddly appropriate considering sure. like the themes of the books but it, anyway my point is what you're saying jeremy to have jackson basically have this vision singular vision and put it together is is so great and like the you know like the color choice like the way that the shire looks versus the way like rohan looks which is like gray and like yeah like like colorless and then you know Gone, I mean, um, Mordor is black and orange and fiery. Like, there's just very specific color tones that I, I think... Oh, and there's, like, these blues and greens and stuff. Like, I just yeah. think it's so Riven- yeah. so well done. Yeah. And, and and it's also... 
interesting to note, despite what you think of it, like he, they kept him as the singular vision when they continued this, whatever, 10 years later with The Hobbit. Well, and they tried well, not that's to. Well, they yeah. tried not. Yeah, they wanted yeah. Guillermo del Toro to do it. And, and um, quite frankly, I don't know. I love Peter Jackson. I think he's so incredibly talented. And I don't mind those that, that Hobbit trilogy. I think they're meant to be a different tone and type of movie. But I would I would like to have seen Del Toro direct those instead. If I could stand, I think it would have been interesting. Have yeah. made that happen. I think they would have been better. I really do because the Hobbit is just like there's always we'll going to suffer by comparison. We don't have we, yeah we don't have time to get into yeah. the, the Hobbit. Okay, I'd love Jay, to what about you? Those. Same thing. Well, he said same thing, okay. but now I'm curious. I, I didn't say that. I never said it. I never answered it at all. Oh, I thought you did. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, well, one, I think I want to give credit to John Howe and Alan Lee, <clears throat> who are the conceptual designers um on this film and i think you know like what tyson was saying earlier you know i think peter jackson has just given like a lot of rope to these people and these two guys who were you know sort of the leading tolkien um visual artists artists, yeah visual artists for before the movies came out you know he brought both of them on and both of them worked together in like a little room they both won oscars yeah and And I think like, I think that's really cool. But but um, to be honest, I think the scripts are great. I think this is such a great adaptation. Like, yeah, if point. if someone like Tyson who grew up with the books is super happy, I know a lot of people are uh, were unhappy with the Harry Potter adaptations. There seems to be a little bit of a divide between the people who love the books and people who love the movies. But I think most people love who love the Lord of the Rings books also love the movies and that's a hard thing to do like it's hard to adapt a book like that and i tried to read <clears throat> the fellowship of the ring and i like got to, i was like oh, i can't there's no way i can read this and you know i like the hobbit a lot and the hobbit's an easy read but the other ones aren't and they're dense difficult books and i think you know, it's especially cut... hard if you've seen the movies first yeah, too. for sure, it, it, sure. they're, yeah, they're yeah. more like a word Tyson, of when's the yeah. last time you read the books uh well since i've lived here so um, I don't know, maybe oh, wow. within the last seven or eight years. Now, now, when you reread the books, are you picturing the characters from the movie? Or you know, are you picturing it's kind of the characters from when you originally read My them? My brain, I don't know. I've been fortunate to be able to separate that. Even with the Harry Potter books, which I saw all of those movies a lot. And then when Mal was pregnant, I read a couple of them aloud and, and then read a few more of them. And it, it was like a completely different interpretation in my head than the one I had established. So no, for whatever reason, I don't, you know, I, I think they did an incredible job of finding the people to approximate the characters in the story, but I had my own interpretations that I can still, you know, picture clearly. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up the script Chapin because obviously somehow we hadn't talked about that yet. Like it is. And again, this, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about it now in terms of, what is left in and left in and left out of the adaptations. Like, I don't know. I, I think that these theatrical cuts for the most part move really well. Um, they're long movies, but I don't feel like they drag. Um, I think return of the King at some spots does same with two towers. I think fellowship is pretty efficient. Um, but all things considered, I think, these movies move really well and the extended cuts, which I know I've seen the extended cut of fellowship and two towers. I don't like you Chapin. I don't know if I ever did the four and a half hour, 
Um, I mean, I'm sure I have, but I just I, I like how yeah, I like how we were fully there. on board to do the four hour just Zack Snyder Justice League, where yeah, we're like we were, Lord yeah, of the yeah, best picture winning Return of the King. Fuck no, no way. <laughs> um, but uh, those movies, I do find like some of the stuff in it, even though it might clear some things up, yeah, hurts the pacing. Sure, well, and, and I, we can have that I, conversation now, Tyson, if you want. I, and that yeah. uh, again, that's not a weakness because I think in the theatrical cuts. It, it's it works but i think it's very hard to argue that i think that we should just go in knowing that it's very hard to argue that because it's all to some degree or another extraneous because the stories all hit they were all fantastic on their own without any of that added stuff i just think that for someone who loves to just cannonball into that pool and be a, so immersed in the world every bit of it you'll welcome and every bit yeah. of it is the same quality. I mean, it, it it's still gorgeous. It, it, there's still great acting performances in a lot of those. Some of them are so fun. There's a great one. It's just a throwaway one, but where Mary and Pippin are at Isengard after they've laid siege to it and won with the help of the Ents, and they stumble into this storeroom where there's like bottomless food and these huge barrels of pipeweed, and they just they're laughing and it's fun and you know it's not a critical move the plot along thing but um tyson are there any moments in this that weren't in the novels that were just in the movies there are they are romance part i mean the 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 aragorn and uh arwen is it, it it's an amalgam of a couple of different components of the stories that make you know they're like one one is based on like a legend of a of a human man and an elvish woman and they you know, they took some creative liberties that... Wow, to, that's to, a big part of it, too. And Is that to, a studio push? I wonder. No, that's no. That, like, and, Jackson and, wanted that? Yeah, they, and to Chapin's point, you know, like, these movies, they are still really beloved by huge fans of the book. And there were some things that they removed that were very... There's a whole part of Fellowship of the Ring, Tom one of Bombadil. the most... Yeah, exactly. Tom Bombadil is, like, one of the most fun parts of the first book. And fans kind of started to get a little chippy about that. And then I think Jackson and Fran Walsh and Philip Boyens were, you know, they're, they were very open about wanting to make changes for certain reasons for pacing. And, and I, people have really accepted it, you know? Well, and, it's interesting that that is your answer to that question, because my least favorite part of these movies is the Arwen Aragorn relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it did I, it feel unnecessary. And that's not real, right? That's not, yeah, that that's wasn't what, in the book. That's right? what you're saying. Yeah, that's He's like, that's the saying. movie added that. And because yes, you get like, what is Arwen in this movie for at all? Yeah, totally. Arag Aragorn is, is haunted by his family's past. Yeah. We have enough for him. And the weird thing like, is, I think a big part of why she's in here, I don't think it's as much a studio. We need to anchor this in some love story because it's just not really a part of the story. I think it's just to provide a more robust, uh, developmental storyline for Aragorn. And you're right. He yeah. already, I and mean, he's becoming the king of the, you know, he's already got that. I mean, look, I fucking so is, love in the book that chase sequence when Arwen first shows oh, up and so takes Frodo. Yeah. Well, that, that, that is what but she, if you that, want that to was, come and claim I mean, him. she saves them, saves yeah. him there, but yeah. it has nothing to do with Aragorn. No, you know, yeah, that yeah. could just be any elf. Totally. Right. So yeah. what, what's her, what's her role in the books, Tyson? She's not. She, she, there's no inkling of that of that relationship they, at all. The Arwen is a character, but and she's Elrond's daughter, but she's not the love interest. The love interest is based on. In fact, in one of the scenes, and I think it's one of the deleted scenes. 
uh, Aragorn is sitting like kind of quietly on the edge of this swamp and he's like singing to himself when he thinks the hobbits are sleeping and then Frodo is listening and says something to him. He says, who is she, this woman you're singing of? And Aragorn makes mention of this like well-known like folklore or, you know, tale that was told about, and I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm not this nerdy, but it, it's the lay of something. You were supposed to come prepared. I have a note yeah. that says you would have been prepared. Here. Um, and <laughs> and he uh, he says it's it tells the story of Baron, this mortal man who fell in love with this elvish woman. And um, yeah, so I don't know. The thing is, that I, I hear I, you, Lee. What I remember of the of the added stuff, and I text, and I remember watching it, watching it together with you oh hell yeah like that it was it was it worked it fl- it worked very well it didn't it wasn't like watching deleted scenes on a dvd it was like very well integrated into the movie and it felt important and it felt and i and i and i found myself watching these movies and missing some of that um yeah. like there's an extended section when they go to rivendell for the first time where they're given the, like the they they when the gifts are given to them, like the yep. the mithril, like that's not in the that's, that's not, not in the, that's not a Rivendell yeah. divinity, but yeah, that's, but it's yes, not? no, that's when they see Galadriel. Yeah, they go to Kalas Galadon. Remember, and they oh, what's see Rivendell. Rivendell Galadriel is where Elrond is lives. Fixie Winter, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, um, okay. I I, I, th- I Lee brought up an important point. I just want to say one thing, as it pertains to the pacing. This might be interesting to you guys all three of these movies had different editors yes that's insane yeah there was the the guy is there um, a reason for that because jackson said that he didn't want anyone he 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 wanted to leave everyone with a whole year to edit this movie so there was no rush they could they could find the pacing very organically and he said that he didn't want any one guy to feel pressure from the previous movie when editing the subsequent one. The guy who edited Still the last one. Still a risky one, move, though, in terms really of like is. the consistency totally. of your movies. And Jamie um, Selkirk is the guy who he won the Oscar for Return of the King, and he was kind of like the overseer a little bit. Like, he was he participated. Yeah, he's, and, yeah. and he's a producer. Yep, exactly. He's, but, um, he's, uh, so if you have that, that helps, because you totally. need somebody that you need knows the... Yeah. yeah, you like, can't you can't have and, yeah. yeah, you can't have like uh the two towers be cut like Requiem for a Dream <laughs> off that. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um so I'm trying not to jump around too much, but we were talking you brought something up that, you know, ties in with, you know, one of with Chapin's favorite aspect of these movies in the script, but um kind of in general the the character development and the writing of the characters in this movie. Now, obviously it's an adaptation, but I th- there was one thing that stood out to me watching there's a line um very early on in fellowship when you know frodo realizes he needs to take the take the ring and like that he's like suited up and ready to go and the movie kind of pauses takes a breath and gandalf says hobbits really are amazing creatures you know referencing frodo here and obviously everything he knows about the hobbits and that line stuck with me throughout the series and it occurred to me that merry and pippin are the best example of that line. Totally. And those yeah. two characters are so well written and so pivotal to this story and like the fellowship and friendship and sacrifice that everybody makes. Like these are just like two fucking delinquents yep. that get tossed into this and just like 
are so loyal and such good friends and such good people that like they I think kind of epitomize everything that this story is trying to tell about good yep, versus evil. Totally. Because and they and they have a very dramatic I love how arc. well yeah. that's written. Yeah. And I think the characters across the board serve that. You know, Aragorn's Aragorn's demons for his past are very well written into this movie. You take the Arwen aspect out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Jason, you can probably speak to this. I I think there's probably a lot of stuff um with the trolls um not the trolls, the um dwarfs written out of, or out of, taken out of this movie, but you know, you see enough from Gimli and like his confidence in the dwarves and the mines and how they'll be welcomed and then he's upset when they find For it. Sure. Like, you don't see a lot of that's gone well and but, i think i think a big part of that is because the, the dwarves are such a huge part of the hobbit where the elves know, aren't you, as much you learn you know, about so it you know you yeah. have that coming in but yeah um but stuff like that i mean he's a well-written character also an amazing performance yep well and um, if you read these books frodo i mean he is the he is the you know impetus to move the story forward and he's the main character but the adjacent you know the, the other members of the fellowship are considerably more compelling to read and their story. And Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam is such Sam a good is character. A, yeah, exactly. But to your point about Mary and Pippin, Frodo and Sam at the start, you you know they're heroic. Their initial willingness to take right. this well, on. I would, I, would, uh, I would almost say that Frodo um, slips away from that, especially in The Return of the King. Sure. And I think that's what's compelling to me about his character is that you like if it was just him on this journey, I'm just going to do this the whole time. And there was never him uh, tripping up, which he really does. And honestly, I, he, you could argue that he he ultimately fails. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's interesting. If that uh, Tyson, finish what you were saying about Marion Pippin, because let's have that conversation next, Jeremy, because I have a thought there, too. Well, I just think that Frodo and Sam it, it, when you're talking about the hobbits that line because it, 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 the line that Gandalf says it's brought up a couple different points you can learn everything to know about them in a day and they'll continue to surprise you you know about the hobbits Frodo and Sam at the start of the story you already can you know they're wearing their heroism on their sleeves whereas Merry and Pippin like you said they're just these little shits and they they're cowards and they're not they're self-motivated and uh, by the end of the story they've demonstrated incredible courage They're They they've shown tr what, what it means to be true friends to support th this cause that they, they, they were in at the beginning, you know, just fucking around. And, um, and I think that, that those characters, they really show that through. Yeah. So, um, what do you guys think? I know this, I, I do want to get back to your least favorite parts of this movie, but Jeremy, we'll start with you since you brought it up and then Chapin, I want to hear your thought too. Um, what are you guys thoughts on how the ring is destroyed? And like the whole idea that it turns out that it corrupted Frodo too. And he was I, going to fall victim to it. Just like, you know, Aragorn's heirs did, Isildur did. And, um, and, and it has to, it, the same thing happened to him. That's happened to everybody. What do I think that instead of him just tossing it in and being the hero, like yeah. that different? Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you saw that happening along the way. There were times where Frodo, I mean, because Sam is just so, 
I don't know what the word is, positive all the time yeah. or just annoying. Yeah. Annoyingly, yeah. ambitiously going for it. Mr. Frodo, we can do it, Mr. Yeah. Frodo. Shut the fuck up, Sam. <laughs> it's like this thing is Jesus. killing me. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm dying here. It's like it's, it's like it's like Mr. Frodo, Orange. I'm Frodo, dying. Yeah, Frodo starts out healthy and happy, and by the end, he looks like he has AIDS. Yeah, as exactly. He throws that thing in there. Um, I think you're totally right, Jeremy. I mean, I think that the story, the story has the emotional resonance that it does because you know from the outset this tiny little guy with this with no ambition is going to take this thing because he knows. he has to, and he, because he's going to be brave. But it wouldn't be the story that it was if you didn't know right then this thing is going to kick the shit out of him to the bitter end. Yeah, but he also doesn't do it. That's what See, I like about. I think it. what's interesting sure. is that it's it's. I think it's the. I think it obviously it's the. I'm assuming Tyson. It's the way that the book goes too. That that the right way for the story to be told is that it corrupts Frodo to the point where he's not going to destroy it, and the ring essentially gets destroyed by accident. Yeah, exactly. Like. I think that's the right way to go. So do I. But I mean, it does fly in the face a little bit of like the emotional impact that we're looking for at the end of this movie when they have well, finally, after we six, don't know that he wouldn't seven have hours, see, I, we yeah, do. See, I, we saw right. we saw him put it back and then disappear as if he was. I know, take but it. like we've been watching this journey for seven hours. We've been like for the first like the first time they were coming out it was three years like we finally get to the end our heroes are finally there we want that triumphant moment so there's a little aspect of me that's like damn it like just be the hero i get it but it's also for me as somebody who likes it you know things a little different than i like it too yeah but i I like to be surprised break break the tie here chapin um I don't know the ending of this. None of the endings of this movie work. So, for we're not talking. We we're not we talking about that yet. We're talking about this um, specific. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I don't like how it's executed, but whatever, it's fine. Elaborate. That's not a good answer. There's so much like stupid slow motion in that end scene, and it's so like overwrought. Um, and uh, I think I ultimately I think it's a little disappointing. I don't know See, if it would have been any better had. They just tossed it in. I mean, uh, are we sitting going to sit here and critique Tolkien? I I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, don't, like, I don't think that's the end of the movie. I think that's where you're all fucking this up. I think that the, I'm not saying it is. I'm talking about this. I don't think anyone's saying it. I know, but movie. but I mean, th- th- like Chapin said, we could talk about all the other endings. I just mean the the, the culmination of this journey should be the point that Lee's bringing up. I just I don't I think just, it. I don't think it's right when the ring. Gets noshed off of a finger, falls down in there, and then just happens to dribble. I think it would have been. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, all right. Here, here, we, like we always say, we're not going to be prescript, prescript, prescriptive, but I'm going to be for a Tolkien novel. But like, what if like, <laughs> like the 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 solution for whatever reason it came to this, Elijah Wood of uh, Frodo has to sacrifice himself and go into See, the the fire with does, the ring. He does. He does. He does. He does. He just doesn't okay, do it hold, then. Uh, he oh, does. So he he his little finger. <laughs> nope. I, listen, because <laughs> Frodo had to lose to demonstrate the like true might of the ring. He had to lose there at the end. He gave everything he had. He got as far as he could, and then the ring won. And he was turning around because he couldn't do it. And then all that bullshit happens, which I agree. Even still, I mean, it 
It's impossible to execute. You've got a hobbit with a creature on his back in the middle of a volcano. And they has the, the true ending of that is after the ring is destroyed and they're out there and they think that they're going to die. Frodo and Sam are on that rock yeah. and they're having that's the ending where Frodo and demonstrates then, then you, that he is the wonder, hero. And you wonder like, why couldn't the eagles just help us from the beginning? I wrote this note. Well, that. They should have called the eagles more often. Maybe just fly them into mortar and drop the ring off. Exactly. Well, that's the part where we can be prescriptive. Close, but... We call that we call that uh, Hobbit close air support. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that when he's there and they are, they're completely spent. And he says, "I'm glad to be with you here at the end of all things." That's the commitment that he was willing to make. It was as bra- It's the same as him throwing that. I love ring that in there. scene. Yeah. yeah. That song think, is amazing. Yeah. Like it's that. A good, I mean, those are the yeah. Those are great moments. I yeah. Think. But um. All right. Back on track, Chapin, I think I might know the answer, but the trilogy as a whole, your least favorite part of it. Is it the endings? Or is there um, something else? There's something else. I, I, I mean, it's not the ending. I mean, I, like the sort of the boring answer is, I think, just like those saccharine slow motion overwrought scenes that uh, Jackson sort of doubles down on. Mm. And there's Return a of the lot King, of slow motion. Yeah, there's a lot. But I, but I think uh, the more controversial answer that I think might get a little more debate going, which I agree with totally is the Elijah Wood performance. Okay. Um, I, I think, I think so he's just not, I, I, I really don't like just him. Just ever the contrarian. Okay. I really, I, I so really should we like, discuss I, this or should we hear Jeremy's least favorite first? Yeah. Let's oh, hear Jeremy's. Let's hear Jeremy's. No, let's, let's discuss it. Okay. First. okay Cause okay. I'm with you, Chapin. Like, where everybody else, I, I literally, I was, I wrote under acting, I wrote a bunch of people like that are good, and then I have two that are bad. And one is Miranda Otto and Elijah Wood. I, no, Miranda Otto is fine. I actually, maybe she should have been under the bad too. Um, but it's Orlando Bloom that, yeah, oh for my sure. God, I'll, yeah, he's horrible. Remember he's how we awful. thought he was cool back in the day? I mean, it's because he, the in, way he shot the bow and stuff, yeah. his acting is atrocious. his acting is atrocious, so bad. yeah. And in so many ways, it doesn't matter because he like doesn't have very many lines. No, he doesn't have much to do. Yeah, like, but he's um, acting opposite also everyone Wood. else in that in that fellowship who is just crushing it. Those I know. all the rest of those actors were so well cast. His line delivery Wood. is just so stale and like, yeah. So Orlando Bloom is not. I don't. Good. I don't really mind. I really don't mind Orlando Bloom. As well, much. I, think, I mean, he's so not a like. I mean, maybe Legolas is a. A more significant character in the book, but I felt like whatever Jackson and his team decided to do with Legolas, he executed. I think it just works fine. out. I mean, well, there's yeah. so much riding on Frodo, and I just, I, I just think I that's like such a yeah. failure of. A I think Jackson had to pare down Legolas or Bloom. I think like, okay, you get what? Oh, we have to get him to say something. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, we got one yeah. line. Uh, yeah, he's like supposed end, to have a whole yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah the, the end where they decided to to go to the gates of uh, Mordor and whatever, and and while Frodo's trying to throw, he they're talking about it. They're all debating, it, and he's like, a diversion. <laughs> all right, yeah. good job, Orlando. You got your. <laughs> He's, well, Peter Jackson's talking to one of his three editors. He's like, "Can uh, we get that out? Is there can we, any can we way cut to make that, that better?" <laughs> I um, just, Chapin. I don't know if I'm as like intensely down on Elijah Wood, but I agree. I don't think he's very good. Okay, okay I want to hear. Like, I, I, yeah. I did not. I did not mind him in this. I so thought like he really. 
You didn't I mean, mind the the first build person in this like twenty person twenty lead. Actor I think his movie. face. I think his face. Works. He looks the part. He for sure. looks the part, and the the burden he he does the burden well. It's almost maybe even too annoying how he does it, but he does it well. Exactly. I, no, no. See, I Jeremy, I think you just hit the nail right on the head. But there is no exactly. That's how the character is supposed to be. The things that drive you nuts about him, that's who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be this like. I'm trying to think of non-offensive ways to put. It. He's supposed to be this like weak-willed. He needs, you know, that's what you can yeah. say it. He's a pussy. It, well, but the character. Kevin, I want an articulate, well thought so out argument by you here. Yeah. And don't okay. just say he has AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I like. I just find I just find his performance so single note. Like I I I don't think there's a lot of depth to his performance. I think it's it's very in tune with like what I think Jackson and, and everybody else does that I really don't like, which is like this over overwrought emotional experience. And when you are like staring into the eyes of Elijah Wood, these big, ridiculously, you know, emotive eyes, blue, blue eyes. It, 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 it's, it's just, it's too much. And he goes, Sam. And like the, the sort of like, like, he almost like I think that specific line delivery motion. was in slow motion. I think that one I honestly like, that has always driven me nuts. I think that one is in slow motion. And 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 I just uh, I mean, I don't know. I every time you cut back to them in Return of the Camp, I'm like, "Oh god, can't we get back to the humans?" Like I this is so lame. They're so and like I don't even mind so when we so Tyson and I and Casey went to New Zealand in 2004 uh, to visit my parents who were living there at the time. And Casey got us all this like awful book written by um, who's the guy that plays Sam. Sean, Astin. Uh, Sean Astin. Sean Astin. Yeah. And like, he's just like complaining about not being nominated for best picture. It's like, it's a best, best supporting actor. And he's very lame, but even him, despite all those annoyances is better than Elijah Wood in those scenes. Like, like he's just, but I, I think don't know. He's like, supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be the more emotional heart. Totally, of that duo. he is. Yeah, totally. I here's where I agree with you, Chapin. And I think it was it, this was the most valid point of your argument. Is and I don't know that it's true across the board and throughout the whole trilogy. But his performance is somewhat one note. And by the Return of the King, you are a little tired of that same kind of emotional, like. Uh, I don't know what the word is for it. Like, he's just like this emotional exhaustion that he has, even at the beginning where it's just like, it's my burden. It's like, you've heard this, you've seen this in his acting, in his performance. And it is very one note and repetitive. Yeah. But it's trilogy. Just to quickly argue with you, Lee, like, I think he does do that and he keeps doing it, but it gets to the point where he's like, it's my burden. You as an audience member want to be like, I don't know if it should be, dude. Like, maybe you should pass this off. Yeah. And I think there's a... So there's a... That's a question I have for Tyson. Um, it's, it's referenced throughout the movies, but not made entirely clear. Um, you know, Gandalf and Elrond talk about it in Rivendell, and, you know, even Frodo says that the burden is mine. Like, there's this whole aspect of the story that, like, 
this was like the uh, I think Gandalf says like the ring was supposed to come to you like this was all predetermined this was fate like yeah. what what is that storyline in the book like why is it that that it's Frodo beca- is the one because Bilbo had it and from that they learned that the hearts of you know it was supposed to pass on that journey that Frodo was like from the outset he knew what the ring was capable of doing because he had Frodo Bilbo was like a hobbit can be more resilient to it than yeah and the the hearts of men are easily corruptible is is like a is a theme that is yeah continuous throughout and 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 that keeps getting cut back on Boromir is a is an admirable character and very heroic in a lot of ways but he was very easily corrupted uh you know so was his father like and these are the people responsible for but the counter to that is that like they also knew <laughs> that the ring like completely corrupted uh, Smeagol. Sure. Yeah. Like, so like, why, why is it that like hobbits are more resilient? Like that I, doesn't, I guess, cause they, I don't know. Like it seems like Isildur and Bilbo and Boromir and Smeagol all wanted the same thing. Yeah, and, and that is a good point. And the the ring pretty instantly corrupted Smeagol. You know, it's not like it was a well. No, it's three thousand years. Like I know, but I mean, when you think about him finding the ring to oh, and he his kills fr- his yeah. friend immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think but it's Bilbo funny. hung out for hung on for it for years and years and years, totally. decades, yep. and it slowly and it delayed his aging. Yeah, yeah. I look. I do think it's funny that I, I wrote this one of my first Jer- notes Jeremy. Where can we get the ring of power? You right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, the, uh, I don't know if we want to look like uh, Smeagol. <laughs> well, he didn't have it. That's why. opening of Fellowship of the Ring. They kind of do like the whole history of the ring, which was so well written. To be able to compress well all of that oh, yeah. into that it's tiny really little well. section, really good. It, that's so incredible. But I love how Elrond is there, you know, fighting that battle against um, against Sauron and the Ring and stuff. <laughs> And then this movie fast forwards 3,000 years. I love thinking about what Elrond's been up to yeah, for 3,000 totally. years. Yeah. <laughs> well, out. I guess that'll transition to my sort of, I guess, least favorite thing. And it, it is the movie. And it's, I don't know really how they could solve it, but it is the sense of time in these movies. Okay. Um, you mean because it's 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 not it's not accurate to the book? Is that what you're trying to say? Or no, how it's just it, was hard for know? me. I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard for me as an audience member to understand how long this journey is. So they say it at when, the end, right? I forget yeah, what it was. Especially when they're like dealing with something that was like three thousand years ago, and the elves were around, and then they're going through all like, and then the Eagles can make it across in no time. And like yeah, just, yeah. the whole sense of time in this kind of bothers me, but that's, you know, that and Gandalf's what, what Gandalf's power really is like what that another thing is. Ty, okay. Ty, this yeah, is why we brought Tyson big. along. So like the gr- Gandalf, the gray to Gandalf, the white, yeah. suddenly he has the same amount of power as Saruman, but like doesn't seem to have an, like what, what, what can ha- you do? What happens there? They're not, it's not a power. He's just like a. He's like a mage. You know what I mean? Like a. He's like a made man. To, I don't know mage. how to describe Winter it. Yeah, I mean Kentucky he's not Derby. like a. He has. Yeah, he's not like a, a sorcerer. He's just. He just. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, a yeah. sorcerer. That's not real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Skip to wizards. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, Jeremy. I, I hadn't thought about that. The. Uh, 
Yeah. No, I, I, in a way I do kind of agree with you. Um, but I mean, it, it's just, I think it's such a, it's just such a huge wealth of like, it's its own like very elaborate mythology with like, you know, very fleshed out languages and histories. I mean, the guy was, it's just incredible. And incredible. Yes. To be able to make, you know, to focus that in such a short period of time relatively. I mean, I know it feels like such a slog to watch these movies, but. All right. Tyson, defend the 25 endings of Return of the King. Well, I know that I knew this was I knew this was coming and I have to be honest and say I can't really. I think well, that so every outline, outline the ones that there. We have we we begin with you know, after the ring is destroyed and Frodo and Sam are picked up and they're back, I think where I forget where they are and they are reunited. That's they're in the houses of one. healing. It's that yeah, it's yeah. It, you know, yep. Then That's ending number one. Yep. Then Go on, what's next? Then there's the ending where uh, Aragorn is now presented as the new king of Gondor with his lady Arwen and everybody kneels to the hobbits, you know, that's an ending. Yep, we bow to no one. You yep. bow to no one, yeah. There's the hobbits readjusting to life back in the Shire and Sam's like back at the Green Dragon and everybody's chilling. Um, and then he there's... He gets married, has he, a family. Yep, exactly. And then there's the, I'm going to the Grey Gardens at the very end, which is the hardest to stomach and I get it. It's it, it, it's the the last ending. And... When they get on the boat. Yep. The one after, the, the, you know, and the one prior is is Frodo finishing his his own individual story, oh, yeah. and Sam in comes the Shire. in. Yep. Yeah, in and he's in Bag End, and he's writing. Um, and then the last one where they're all crying and they're all hugging, and you know, and you have you have uh, Ian Holm as Bilbo, and he looks like yogurt from Spaceballs. You know, what I mean? he's like he, the the. It's like the one time in this whole movie the makeup was so bad. Um, and I think that is the worst of those endings. But some of explain them... that ending. Where are they going? Because again, as the result, like it's weird that like these movies are so long. They feel compelled to put all these movies in, yet they seemingly like rushed them all. They're going to the Grey Gardens, which is where when when the elves leave Middle Earth, they go to the like forever, the Undying Land, basically. And F Bilbo is and Frodo are granted a special audience to come live there, basically. And so they're leaving to go. Wait, to this so they're place. dead. No, they're going to go there and live. Yeah, but if that's where they go after Earth, it's like heaven. No, but, well, the, the elves don't die. They live forever. It's just no one, you know, it's they like... They have to retire, so it's like Florida. Of, yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> it's the like opposite Florida. of a leper. It's like, it's like the elves go, Florida. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, and, and I think that's um, the worst one. I think that is the worst of the endings. You know, it, we've already had our emotionally... I mean, I guess it gives some closure to Marion Pippin and Frodo specifically, but we've already had our our important... I think you get but all like, of... Why can't you take all those endings and just smash them all together? Because some of them cover are great. All the, cover all this stuff. Or because get I think some of them. I get, I get that you want closure for Sam. Like, you want a, a happy ending for Sam, and you want him to get together with the, the woman that he loves in, in the Shire because he talks uh, about it. But it's yeah, also not necessary. Yeah. But you could, you could make that very clear in two seconds. And then you could also have a heartfelt goodbye with the Hobbits and Frodo finishing his book... And that, like, you could mash this together into okay. sort of one ending, maybe instead I, of like. But six I, I don't. I don't think so. That, See, I think you need to have three things happen. You need to have Aragorn. He has been as big a character yeah, as Frodo. That that he needs, needs to, to be established as the king, and you need to have that like 
big, grand, emotionally resonant moment where he's crowned and it's just realistically, that's where the movie should have ended. Where the where the hobbits bow to no one. That totally. the movie so ends there. You've touched you got on some the hobbits, upset yeah. fans. Nope. And I think but, that's fair. I think that is for sure the best of those endings. It's the one that hits me the hardest for sure when I watch it. Um, but I think I think a big part of it, you also need Frodo to because that's not the end of Frodo's story, really. Frodo everyone goes home and they're happy. They're hobbits. They're simple and they're happy to be home. And you need to establish that Frodo he there is no going back. Throw, th- Throw what 30 he, seconds, throw 30 seconds on after that where Sam goes home and his wife and Cade come out to greet him and F- uh, Frodo's writing, writing his book. Sure. Uh, I mean, like, yes, you could, you we could. Don't, like the, you, the end should be focused se- on these, on, on the characters that we cared about. Like the problem with that final ending on the boat is that we don't care about the elves. They totally. are not this story. Yeah, totally. I agree. So. Where they go when they fucking die means nothing to anybody. <laughs> but they retire, well, Lee. Yeah, when they just, retire. <laughs> I would urge you to remember. Well, and most of the, aren't all of those, I haven't seen the theatrical cut in forever. Aren't all of those endings in the theatrical cut? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's bad. all, like, that's bad. annoyingly short, like, not yeah. long enough to, like, tell you anything, but, like, long enough to make you think the movie's over. <laughs> well, and see, the thing is, when one of those endings is everyone reuniting on at Frodo's bedside, you know, and him realizing Gandalf is still alive is such I a love big that deal too. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That, you could have just, you're right. You little, could, that's shot weirdly. Talk about a weird scene. Yeah, it is. With it, the with jumping the slow, on the bed yeah, and the slow so, motion yeah. and the bright white lights yeah. and stuff. Like, but I think that scene, that looks imme- gay. Immediately <laughs> followed by that scene immediately followed by <laughs> the Aragorn crowning scene. And you could have been done. You're right, Lee. But and we're um, out in a cool in a cool three hours and twenty yeah, minutes. Exactly. You know what that scene reminds me of? Uh, it reminds me of uh, David Brent's music video. If you it, it does, don't yeah, it no, totally does. Me me <laughs> you don't know me. Same, oh. same DP. Okay, so hold on. I got a question for you guys. We've we've talked about Elijah Wood. Who is each of your favorite performance in the whole trilogy? Man, that's good. That's a tough one. I think I think that the for me I think the I feel like Lee and I are going to say the same thing very randomly I don't we both respond to this type of character I don't know why I know I think I I think the obvious answer probably the right answer is is Viggo Mortensen is very good but and I think you could say that like for the same reasons Ian McKellen I want to say my favorite my favorite performance is is Gimli um who is why can't I remember his name now John Reese Davies John yeah. Reese Davis. He, yeah. he does the voice for Treebeard too, and he yeah. does a bunch of stuff. I, I, I love his performance. In this. Yeah, he's does great. An, does Andy Serkis uh, count? It should count, of course. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, crim- it's criminal that they were like, "Oh, this isn't a performance. We can't nominate this for." An yeah, because he was fantastic. And when you see yeah. what he gave to that performance, it, I mean, Jesus. I would say I mean, that's that's, yeah, that's definitely the winner. Definitely that's a good probably. answer. Yeah, uh, I really, really, really liked Bernard Hill. Oh yeah, he's a good, lot. He's a, he's I love that problem, performance. But. Um, interesting. very emotional performance but again that goes back to my issues with Two Towers and like you know the the um, Rohan and Gondor yeah, sequences sure. that are just I mean that's they seem kind of like ancillary the, yeah. is Rohan right like it's just it's not fleshed out enough and like yeah. and then they're like the scenes like oddly the extended cut, the, like there's a lot of that, a lot of extra stuff with that in the extended cut of the two towers, but it almost it, it play it 
it's an issue with like the pacing and like how it's cut together. It looks like they put it in after sure, instead of yeah. taking it out before. Well, they probably shot it two and a half years later. You know what I mean? So it's like right, like it's like they have this and they're like, okay, let's add this stuff into the extended yeah. cut and try to make it work. And that's it feels clunky. Yeah. So well, they were but, at, you know, I mean, they were shooting as they were edited. I mean, it, it's like a, it was a very organic process. Um, what about you, Chip? I think probably Ian McKellen. It's a little bit of a boring answer, but um, yeah, he's yeah. so good though. He is incredible. He's really, he's really good, and to me, he's like the heart of the movie, and um, <clears throat> kind of guides or keeps everybody together. I really like Bernard Hill too, Tyson, but I don't think it's a significant enough performance yeah. to get that. I just wanted um, to give him some shine. I think Jeremy's no, right. Nobody won it. Nobody won an Oscar. No actors. No, won I don't an think anybody Oscar, was right? even nominated. I don't think yeah, Ian McKellen was. McKellen was. McKellen was, right? was with that for it. the first yeah. movie. For the first I think movie. For Fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And he should have been. He's fantastic in that movie. And he's such a like. Yeah, I, I, yeah he's really good. And he's such a like larger than life figure within the story. I feel like his uh, the the persona of Gandalf outshines any of the other characters. You know, even Aragorn as a king. Even um, he's great. I, I mean, I just like I I can't get over how just like so famously, infamously, uh, what's his name? Stuart Townsend was supposed to play Aragorn and had shot stuff, and they had to recast him with Viggo Mortensen mm-hmm. um, at the eleventh hour. And I'm I'm just surprised they didn't recast Frodo. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't. I I, I feel like I other don't than know what if it's. If he's that to that point, yeah, I I, I don't think that's. that's I, I have fair. some issues with the performance, but he looks the part. I think he does a good job. I just think he's like, I don't know. In some of the ways where I think you like see how like seasoned and experienced these actors are, Elijah Wood like doesn't have those chops. And I don't like, know. I just I disagree with Chapin. I think like. I was I more annoyed at his. I, I was more good. annoyed at his character at times than I was, I think, at the performance. By see, I think Jeremy. I think you just you can see it, and these other guys are fucking morons. That it. I would agree with know, Tyson. I just think <laughs> if you guys really hated this performance, these movies wouldn't work for you. It's too, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just think it's a weaker performance. But I know all of you. I know how much Chapin this, loves this, these movies, and I can tell how ha, much you guys ha, love. Half these of the movies. movie is him going. Oh my god! All right, yeah. Well, that's because I do that all the time. You fucking hate that. Yeah. But yeah, well, you, you only do that with one eye. But like, yeah. she, he just goes. Oh, yeah. blah, that's gonna be blah, good. Blah, that's gonna blah, be good blah, for the podcast. What yeah. Chief just did. Yeah. Oh, Nobody knows her. what. Well, yeah. I I don't know. I one of the last things I'll say. Um, I was I don't know. I guess it would have been in 1999 or maybe earlier 1998. I was getting out of a movie with a friend of mine in Portland. I was. 13 not years Chapin. old not knows before i met chapin and oh, wow. i saw the, I, I got that's out of a movie and, that's not true tyson what do you mean we were friends before when 1999 i know but Lord of the this Rings was came out in 2000 i know uh, i know but he's telling a story from just 1999 let me the goddamn story yeah and i got out of this theater and you know you get out of a theater back then when it was and it was super fun to walk through the theater and see the posters for upcoming movies and there was a yeah. poster and it was just Elijah Wood, like heavily vignetted with his hand out in front of him with a oh, ring yeah, yeah. with a chain on it. No words, no nothing. It was just him standing there. And I like 
it had such an incredible impact on me. I can't even describe it. It was like one of the, it's probably the, the biggest like film What'd you related. go home and do after you saw that? Got so, excited. <laughs> I remember, I obviously didn't, I, I had read The Hobbit, but these, I, these, the story had no, I had no history with it. I remember, Jeremy, mm. the, the most significant memory I have in terms of like, like the arrival of these movies is that our history teacher, um, Mr. Berg, Mr. Berg who yep. we talk about a lot, and you know, I, I credit him for introducing me to IMDb. Correct. Um, on his uh, on his Mac. iMac, yeah, iMac. his colorful nice. iMac. Um, he, I remember talking to him about how Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring when it came out. I don't remember the number, but it at the time had the highest. And this will tell you how had the highest user rating on IMDb's top 250. It was like a I, 9.6 th- or something. Sure, that yeah. used to be like the list. It, yeah. the and that list, list used yeah. to matter, yeah. End yeah. all, be all list. And Shawshank was always at the top and probably is again. I remember Who knows? that, yeah. yeah. And Shawshank was, you know, one of my favorites forever. That'd be a fun one to revisit. Um, and Next year, you can. This, this was number one. It had ta- It had passed everything. And I just remember how significant that was to yeah. me and being like, oh, my God, these movies. And now uh, I'll share my kind of parting thoughts here and I'll let you guys all do the same. Um, honestly, like, I think these movies are extraordinary. I yeah. think they deserved every accolade they got. If probably not, they probably should have gotten more. I think they 100 percent stood up when I rewatched them. For sure. I, I, I left my viewing of Return of the King feeling the same way about the trilogy as I did when I first saw it that this is just an incredible, incredible achievement that was so well executed from start to finish. We we didn't really dig in deep to, like, we talked about some, but, like, we didn't dig in deep to the flaws and, like, things that may not have worked because we didn't talk about each individual one. But I think as a whole, you cannot look at this trilogy and say it's not one of the best productions of all time. And that's... Well, yeah, and it, I was, I, I was going to ask if this... Is this our Star Wars you know, like it's mine for mo- our generations. Mo- yeah. Our, yeah. Mo- this is the millennials for sure. But okay. yeah, but I, think that's I think you totally put that so well thing, and you know, they've diluted yeah. it to, but it look, into oblivion, look, but I, what, I think Star you put Wars? it so well. I think that Star- these well, also Lord so of the Rings now, when I saw the that Hobbit, poster, I think part of the reason it had such an impact on me is because I thought these books are not adaptable. How is this possible? How are they ever going to do this? And, these movies, I think they will be special for generations to come. They will be a type of movie. I mean, we think about how much we all love Star Wars and how much it still holds up for us as a cinematic experience. And we will come back to it. We will show our kids. And I'm talking about the original three movies. I think these movies will have that staying power and watching them 20 years later and being as moved by them. I think that's the ultimate testament to that. I definitely wasn't as moved by them this time around, but I think what I appreciated was just the... You have a cold, dead heart. That's true. But um, it's just like the the enormity of the production, the the, the, the keeping of design, the keeping of uh, the sort of the... Mention the, the music, the overall, talk about the music. Music the music is, so is great. It's a little, you know, a little overdone, but um, oh the, just like every every part of this is so well executed and works together and um i i just think it's it's such an achievement from that perspective um 
Yeah. Well, if this, if this podcast doesn't end with that song at the end of Return of the King, I'm just going to be so pissed. No, it is. It will. <laughs> it must. Jeremy, do you need to go? Well, I, I would. Uh, hold on. Okay, yeah. Let, well, the, let, there's one thing I, I wanted to ask you guys and to see your opinion on it, because I did. It It is hard not to like compare this to like Game of Thrones. And I was there was a little wanting having after, you know, you know, whatever it was, 20 years later, Game of Thrones coming out and and being able to be as dark as it was. To have a little bit more darkness. You wanted in, more sex scenes. I wanted more orgies. In. No, I wanted <laughs> interspecies I, I, you know, orgies. It is a very violent movie, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to see the rated R version of this for movie sure oh, this that, time around. I don't know if that was. I think this movie, like, I, I can't believe some of these movies aren't rated R. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah, like. I don't know that it needed more blood and guts or anything, to be honest. Like, I thought it was fine. I just think as as I get older, it would be... That's what I was so captivated about with Game of Thrones. For many seasons, it held... I mean, it would be kind my, of fun to see. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like seeing a grown-up Lord of the Rings, which is basically what Game of Thrones was. Like, yeah. to see yeah. this yeah. story with these characters, but Frodo's like, fucking hell, mate. We're never going to yeah. get there. You know? Yeah, you can do it. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of, yeah. oh, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So what Jeremy, Jeremy, wanted to, Jeremy wanted to see Sam and Frodo fucking each other. Yeah. That's what, yeah, exactly. Well, you know they did. Again, back yeah. to my time thing. That yeah. was a longer journey than it seemed. Yeah. They had to cut around. It, like it doesn't count, yeah. though. On your way to Mordor, yeah. it doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, I've got the top 10 IMDb 250 pulled up here. Okay. I'm going to give you all 10 guesses. Please don't pull it up. Lee, you're not okay. looking at it, are you? I'm not. Lee, put okay. your fucking I'm, screen away. I'm, I just Jeremy, I just know gonna, I know this. I okay. know. <laughs> I'm going to tell, I'm, and I'm not going to say yes or no to any of them. I'm just going to tell you how many you've gotten right at the end so, I, so no one gets fucked over. So uh, okay. I'm going to start with you, Jeremy. I, I just start with one to say you, one. You have you have ten guesses. You don't have in to get row. them in order. You just got to get ten. Okay. You have ten so I think Shawshank. Shawshank. Um, I would say the Godfather's in there. Um, let's go with Lord Lord of the Rings. Which one? Um, Which one? Uh, Fellowship of the Ring and Return of the King. I put both of them in there since I got to get to ten. Um, uh. In uh, what was the one Infinity War? I bet there's an Avenger. I bet there's. An I bet a, there is. Yeah, Avengers I Infinity oh, I don't know. War. I don't know how well those did on IMDb. Uh, okay. I I'd say maybe like Iron the first Iron Man. Okay. Um. And okay. Jaws. Okay. And Raiders of the Lost Ark. Jurassic nice. Park. And Goodfellas. Great, Lee. All right, Shawshank, okay. um, The Godfather, Godfather Two, okay. The Dark Knight. Good oh, call, Knight nice job, Lebo. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship. Okay. What's the um, I had to go first. The Matrix. Okay. Uh, Tyson could just. There's some the I know. I yeah. I've looked at this more recently than I'd care to admit. I don't That's remember okay. them all. Um, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints is definitely on there. Um, okay. Pulp. Pulp. Okay. Forrest Gump is okay. up as high on this list. Um, how many is that? I don't know. How many have I, I said? I, can, I, I think you're almost there. 
Um, you have two more guesses. Uh, Goodfellas and a brilliant film, Schindler's List. Okay. Tyson. Well, I'm going to say Lord of the Rings 1 and 3, uh, Shawshank Redemption, Dark Knight, uh, Schindler's List. I'm going to say... I don't know. I want to... Feel like there's gonna be some dumb Marvel one on there, but I don't. I'm not gonna. Um, there's one random one on here that was really high when I used to look at this because it was my homepage forever. Um, <laughs> was I mean, this right. isn't 1999. I know, so but I mean, I think those movies didn't they? I feel like they won back. Um, okay. Uh, Shaw. I said Shawshank, Pulp Fiction. I think The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Maybe. Um, nope. Buttercup didn't like that pick. Buttercup. <laughs> Uh, how many more do I need, Chip? I don't know. I don't, I can't keep track of that. I can only keep track of how many you get. So okay. Um, yeah, you have two more. Schindler's list. No, you've said like five. You have five more. But this is you guys. You have four more. Four okay, more. so Pulp Fiction, Schindler's List, Lord of the Rings one and three, Shawshank, The Dark Knight. That's six. Um, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's seven. The Godfather one. Did, the Godfather did you two. Take Goodfellas? And. No. I'll say, say them again, Avatar. Maybe? I should have said oh, Empire Avatar. Strikes Back. Um, Lee wins with eight. Wow. Eight. Wow. Wait, I, sorry, my my yeah. my grandparents FaceTimed me right in the middle of that. I'm sorry. What was that? Lee got eight. I got eight. Lee got eight. Tyson, yeah. you got six, but I think you might have gotten one more. Is um, Empire is Empire Strikes Back one? Okay. No. I'm gonna oh. read them to you. Okay. What did I get? Four. Jeremy, you got four. <laughs> Shosh- one is Shawshank Redemption. Two, Godfather. Three, The Dark Knight. Four, Godfather Part Two. Nobody got this, and I'm very surprised that Lee and Jeremy didn't get this. Number five, can anybody guess? Nobody got it. Nobody Give even mentioned hint. it. Give us a hint. It was before oh, 1970. Citizen Kane. Casablanca. Casablanca. Um, nope. Nope. The Apartment. It's not. I know. I know. It's not. It's not a wild uh, movie. I know it's not. Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men. Boom. Five. Twelve Angry Men. Six. Schindler's List. Seven. Lord of the Rings: Return to the King. Shut up, Buttercup. Eight. Pulp Fiction. Nine. Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the That's Ring. That's nine. Good, I got nine. You did ugly. your math wow, bad. I think I got good. nine of those. Say them again. Say them again. You didn't. You didn't write mine down. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. okay. This is not good podcasting. I, I did. <laughs> I did lose. Tyson, you're the guest. You lost. <laughs> you lost. You, you brought nothing. Got, you might, maybe he did get that because I feel like you said a lot of these. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, awesome. Good game. It was great. All right. This was great. Any any. I any do have one that's not Lord of the Rings related. What? I would just like to say, as somebody who Go. loves all three of you and listens to this podcast probably more than anybody, re-listens to episodes of this podcast, uh, uh, yeah, well, you have uh, to and Chapin probably is the only person who re-listens more than I do. All right. All right. Um, but I, the Fixies were so fun this year, and to have you guys have that very organic, like yeah. celebratory moment at the end for a movie that is one of the rare ones that I saw and I kept up so with good. you guys the whole way. Like I totally agreed with you about the points. It was such an emotional journey for me to watch that movie and to hear it win, and to hear you guys all so fired up was so fun. So I just like. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's I love so that. Great. And I love and, how excited and I we love were. how like, competitive this year was. And obviously, I don't know why, why Chape didn't feel the same way the three of us did about um, Banshees of Inisherin, which I just I've seen that movie like 50 times already. Um, but it was just super fun. So I hope you guys keep doing it. It's a, it's such a balance for me because I'm so fucking annoyed that I'm not there. And I have to put that aside and just be happy for my <laughs> friends and enjoy it. So and now you're here. So yeah, yeah. Well, thank. Yeah, you. but I'm not drunk and now. having a good time. You're now enjoy it. All right, savor it. That's a great. Wait, that's a great uh, place you, to wrap. How it up. did you know a, we I were had an drinking? On the- <laughs> um, that'll wrap up an extraordinary episode of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Um, let us know your thoughts on the Lord of the Rings trilogy at get your film fix podcast at gmail.com um look you 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 email us enough you get in touch with us enough you might end up on the podcast tyson is living proof um he is not ai generated so he um he was really here he's really one of our one of our friends and uh you know look we 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 felt like we owed him to come on so here he is um I don't know what we're doing you, next. You, guys, if you but... if you buy our plane tickets to the next fix, <laughs> if you buy the you first three bars worth of drinks podcast. every yep. year from here on out, yeah, you can come on to one hour worth of podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know what we're doing next, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Until then, you've been the best. Uh, can we try again? Do something. something else. Do something good. No, good. that was yeah. that was great. That you've was been great. the best. We're going with you. You've been the best. I'll hold yeah. the rest. From the office. Okay, so now do I stop Better my recording? Better than anyone. Okay. Anyone I hope.